Hello, I'm Boz. And I'm Ben. And this week we'll be talking about discourses for horses, fighting over trousers, Johnny Hotbody, and French pornography. Welcome to Backseat Coaches. We're back. Uh, you are. I'm. I'm still not here yet. Yeah, it's just me this week. <laughs> Unlucky guys. <laughs> well, did you miss us? I'm sure you did. I'm sure you must have missed the 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 lovely sounds of our voices. The, the witty, sultry, witty bants. The witty bants <laughs> that we get up to. Um, yeah, it's been a little time, hasn't it? We've we've done the the joke episode. No, what was it called? Crossover episode. That's it. <laughs> We've done that in between times. And We've done our charity work. Yeah. <laughs> We've boosted them up. We've boosted them up. Not, it's not the other way around. No, do you shut up? Um, editor's note. Um, we're talking here about an episode that we recorded with Switch on Tag In, a wrestling podcast, um, which we had planned to have released by now, but happenstance had prevented it. Uh, rest assured, that'll be out shortly. Keep your eyes on the feed. Let's do a headline, shall we? Let's get, get catch up. Into it, catch yeah. up. Uh, Golden Banks, sad, sad headline to start with. Um, World Cup winner died on Tuesday, aged 81. Um, a legacy, a long legacy. Yes, the producer of the greatest ever football save. I- incredible, isn't it? I, I can watch that save over and over. It's such a good save. Have you heard him talk about it? I think he, he's very self-effacing about it, isn't he? He's very, oh, I got a bit lucky and... But if when he goes into the detail of it, he was like, oh, I, I noticed very early on that the ground was very hard, so I knew the ball would bounce a bit higher. Really? So that gave me a bit, little bit more chance to get to it. Yeah. But I had to take that into account that it was going to bounce a yeah. bit higher. So he clearly knew his stuff. Yeah. Like, it mean, wasn't luck. No, he was he was something else wasn't he in a time when football I mean football has gotten more and more professional over the years and Stanley Matthews sort of started that before before that time but it's become more and more professional I think he was one of those sort of players who drove forward him and Bobby Moore in that era drove forward the professionalism of of English football especially of moving away from just kicking people like Nobby Styles did (laughs) (laughs) into actually taking things like that into into consideration and, and positioning and athleticism and fitness and everything he was an incredible athlete as well wasn't he and that save really epitomizes the the athlete that he was yeah it's just a shame that he was before the time the modern time of of all the analysis because i think he would he would sounds like up, he would have really benefited yeah from that sort of he stuff. would stand up strongly i think to modern the modern sort of criticism that they, the players get or yeah. the, the scrutiny that players get that they didn't have in those days i don't think that you didn't have all the, the camera angles and stuff and yeah like that save as well you can see there's only that one camera angle isn't there you, you can watch it so, from. Yeah. there's like a slow motion version of it it's just the same camera no there was no slow motion cameras in those days yeah. so it's it's the same footage just slowed down into like <laughs> jolty jolty bits but it's i think that if you could see that save on modern on modern technology it would it would just be even more incredible yeah um he was six times fifa goalkeeper of the year 
Oh, wow. And 1972, uh, what is it, FWA, the Football Writers Association Player of uh, the yes. Year. Yes, yeah. Um, which is rare for a goalkeeper to get that, yeah. I think, isn't it, to get the Player of the Year. So I think it, that sort of showed the standing that he was held in. Um, League Cup winner twice with Leicester and Stoke. That was the only thing about his career, probably, that wasn't as sparkling with his club career. He, he never never won the league, never played for the top teams. Um, he, when he left Leicester, he was sort of touted to be to be moving to Liverpool. Yeah. Um, but never that never materialised and it just never worked out in his club career. But it, it, on the international stage, he was seen as by far the best goalkeeper in England and yet he never played for the top Yeah. The top it's sides. Strange that, isn't it's it? interesting, yeah. And Shilton came through uh, sort of towards the end of Banks's career, which... Um, sort of halted his his club career but not his not his international career um so a sad a sad loss for football and yes there's a, a twitter campaign at the moment sort of asking for everyone to wear a golden bank shirt in the next round of fixtures um or all the goalkeepers not just the not the outfield <laughs> players just the goalkeepers <laughs> um, which i think is a very a nice idea yeah um hopefully that that does get passed through because it's the sort of thing that um yeah, the sort of thing that should be remembered. Next, Russell Westbrook. Um, bit more of an interesting, uh, upbeat story. Um, he has broken a record for the most triple doubles in a row. Yep, that's 10 triple double burgers. Yes, he's a big old boy, his old wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, a triple double is a basketball term for when you get double digits in three stat lines. So points, rebounds and assists will be Russell Westbrook's way of doing it. They love their stats, don't they? Americans. They fucking love them. Americans in general love their stats. American basketball fans, even more so. Yeah. Basketball is such a stat-driven game. Triple-double. Yeah. It's, it's seen as a big thing, getting triple-double, but it is a very individualist type thing to yeah. get a triple-double. You have to, like, you're, like, bossing the game. And Russell Westbrook is definitely one of those players who he always wants to be involved in everything in the game. He, like, runs that team on his yeah. own. Yeah. Invariably, when he has done well... They have done well, though. The so Thunder. In he has kind of carried the Thunder for a few years. Since Durant left the Thunder, he is the only real star player yeah. at the Thunder. They they won nine of the ten games mm. he got triple-doubles in. Yeah, and they frequently get to the playoffs, the Thunder, but I don't think he... Like, he is not enough, not like LeBron, where, yeah. where he's not enough on his own to win a championship he's enough to win yeah like season games and they'll get him to the playoffs but i don't think he's he's not quite he, he's a bit i think i think he's seen as quite selfish as a player uh, i don't watch uh, him i guess maybe you have to be possibly yeah like him and james harden are kind of seen in the same sort of light i think as being very not team orientated very their own stats they drive their own stats and that's why they don't succeed in the playoffs um, so that's an interesting, an interesting thing. He broke Wilt Chamberlain's record, which had stood since 1968. That, so that is shows that though. does show some sort of uh, some sort of achievement because, like, even players like Michael Jordan, um, Kobe Bryant, all these star, yeah. amazing star players, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, deserving. All these incredible players have never done this. They've never done it ten games in a row, and to perform night after night in NBA like it is a grueling schedule so to have done it is it is quite an achievement so he does have to be lauded for that yeah I did see that last year he averaged a triple double yes yeah that was another thing I again he's very that's 
part of the argument against him is that he is so personal stat driven that it maybe is detrimental to the team Ooh. as a whole so listen up wrestle uh. <laughs> your teammates hate you <laughs> <laughs> they told us i was asking them they told me <laughs> they told us to tell, tell you <laughs> in this widely spread <laughs> podcast <laughs> the Equine flu, have you seen about this? I have, all the yeah. horses are poorly. They are, they've got the flu, they've got the sniffles, they're all tucked up in bed eating Coleman soup or something. And so nobody's allowed to do the betting. Yep, they can't do any racing. There was a six-day shutdown of uh, horse racing across the whole of the UK. It started up again now, uh, we're recording on Wednesday, it started up today. Yep. Um, so it was a six-day shutdown, there was 23 meetings that were cancelled. And 174 stables were on lockdown. Meetings is such a good term. Yes, race meetings. Yeah, it does. It just fit. imagine horses around the table. <laughs> you feel a bit sniffly. Oh, me too. Yes, yes, I think we should all go home. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi Osaka. Did you hear about her? She has split with her coach. Yeah, Sasha. Yep. We don't know how to say the second name. <laughs> We're not going to try it. Bargy? Bargin? Ba- Bahin? Ba- ba- Bahin? Why not? Could be any of them, couldn't it? He's German. <laughs> so it probably should be Bayin, but I don't think that's right. I think he's... I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, I'm <laughs> not going to ask him. <laughs> yeah, she has split with him. As she She's the world number one at the moment after her triumph in the Australia. Yeah, so she split with him after just over a year, mm-hmm. during which... She has risen from world number 72 to the world number one. And two times major winner now as well. So it seems an odd time to split with your coach. Seems like he's done an all right job, doesn't it? But as far as I could tell, it is amicable. It seems like it. They've both come out with statements saying... Both tweeted, so... Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) how else are we supposed to know? (laughs) Interestingly... All four of the major winners, or the, or the people who won all four of the majors last year, have split with their coach in the last 12 months in uh, the uh, women's. Maybe they're like swapping. Could be. Key party. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> did you hear about Lucas Heitzman? The no, I did Royer? not hear about <laughs> Well, let me tell you about him. <laughs> he is the youngest person to ever row across an ocean. He rode across the Atlantic Ocean from the Canary Islands oh, one to of the big ones. It was a biggie. Yeah, he didn't just go and like make an ocean in his backyard. He went for one of the ones that we already have. Uh, he went, yeah, he went a big way. 3,000 miles he rode wow. from, Anti- uh, from Canary Islands to Antigua. Um, pretty impressive, I think. Uh, what were you doing when you were 18? Oh. Were you in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean? <laughs> I think not. <laughs> Drowning in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was there saving you. <laughs> Last one. Have you heard of Jaden Sancho? You heard of I him? I have. I vaguely have. Who did he play for in, in England? Was he Leicester? Uh, he didn't play in England. Oh, did and he that's not? Why Has he, he always been... Uh, I think he was at, Oh, okay. Like, he was with the club, though. Yeah, 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 I think yeah, he was yeah. at, like, Chelsea oh, okay. and wasn't getting any pitched. Um, yeah. Ooh, Man City. Is it Man City? City. Was yeah. he was he a City youngster? I, yeah. Was he? He wasn't a, with Leicester at all. No, okay. I don't think so. 
well anyway he's with Borussia Dortmund at the moment and isn't he doing very well yes and they are coming over to beat the Spurs tonight apparently if the Germans are to be believed um, but Jordan Sancho or Jaden Jaden Sancho he almost wasn't he almost wasn't with him because he left his passport at home classic <laughs> came to the airport uh, packed his pockets uh oh, <laughs> I've got my passport. <laughs> and then the boss told him off all the way home. Ooh, you <laughs> making me turn this coach around? <laughs> so help me God, if any of you have forgotten your passports, <laughs> you're grounded for a week. <laughs> well, you almost was grounded. <laughs> Clever. <laughs> hey. Backseat coaches presents WWE. Bracket S. Another week, another. WWE bracket. Another wild sports event. Ooh. Is that what it stands for? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> or is it World's Weirdest Events Bracket Sports? Yes. Yeah. Um, this week's is particularly apt. Yeah. Um, is it wild? I hope it's wild. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It better yeah, be. Some people call it wild. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> safari. Safari sports. <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> we don't condone that. No. Um No poaching here. <laughs> just just each other. <laughs> and eggs. And eggs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a t shirt with that. <laughs> Poach eggs, not tigers. <laughs> putting that on our merch store. That's quite cool. <laughs> I'm yeah. keeping that. <laughs> I reckon that could be good. That could be picked up by yeah. somebody. We do that if you sell that to like one of the safari places in in Africa or yeah. something. With a tourist to buy. <laughs> I, I'm I'm deleting this from the podcast because <laughs> yeah, someone's going to nick stolen. it. <laughs> we'll give, give it a quick Google AMA yeah, just in case. Just in case someone's already nicked it <laughs> already. <laughs> <laughs> You're still in my IP, you person who's been doing it for twenty years. <laughs> Um, let's do some names. Yeah, why not? Uh, do you want to go first? Do you seem particularly proud yeah, of yours? Yeah, I'm pleased with mine this week. I probably shouldn't be, but I've, I came up with them in the shower this morning. They were funny. Um, <laughs> you can be the wide set Wally. He's thick, he's broad. He'll put you to the sword. He's wide set Wally. Okay. Wide set is in chunky. Y- yeah. yeah. And Wally because he's stupid. Um, you can be Dennis the Urban Menace. He dresses like Dennis the Menace, but he has pointy ears, a big bushy tail, and he can often be found rooting through Conor McGregor's bins. Or you can be Dodgy Dave, the car salesman. He is a bit of an unusual wrestler. He wins by selling his opponents Ford Cortinas with dodgy seatbelts and then just waiting for nature to take its course. Oh, that sounds that sounds dark. Yeah. It's cheaty, isn't it? <laughs> I don't like this guy. Uh, yeah, I don't think I could be him. <laughs> but you're so, a, you're so like a car salesman. <laughs> <laughs> tries to kill you. Um, I'm going to go for Wide Set Wally. Wide Set Wally. You are yeah. a bit of a Wide Set Wally. Yeah, so that's good. Be. <laughs> uh, just, just the two for you to pick from this week. Yeah. You can be the locksmith Ooh. who specialises in holds and submission moves. Oh, I see. You get it? I see you've been learning from last week's, yes. <laughs> last week's episode. <laughs> Or the tumbler. Now the tumbler has his has his uh, it is <laughs> he has his own tournament. Oh, uh, like the famous Royal Rumble, it's called the Royal Tumble, <laughs> okay. and it takes place in like a soft play area. 
<laughs> oh, I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> oh, I love that, that soft that layering. Ball pits and <laughs> the best thing is bouncy house. <laughs> the best thing is, as an adult, you're not really allowed in them. Yeah, so <laughs> and this... you're definitely not allowed to wrestle in them. Well, exactly. Let's get the lifeguard coming after you. Ain't you? <laughs> no wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> no heavy betting. <laughs> You're doing it wrong again. <laughs> I'm going to be him. I like the tumbler. He sounds like You're fun. You're going to be the tumbler. Tumbler. Of course you are. Come on, then, white set. This week, uh, we're going to delve into the sexy world Ooh. of oil wrestling. Ooh. This is very apt. The Kirk Pinar Oil Wrestling Championships. Wait, say again. Kirk Pinar. Is that a place? Yes. Okay, right. Uh, no, no, no. It's a style of wrestling, sorry. Oh, okay. Kirk Pinar Oil Wrestling. Okay. In Edirin, Turkey. Oh, okay. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So. Turkish oil wrestling, yeah. I've heard yes. of that before. Um, competitors uh, wear a pair of leather trousers. Called uh, Kizbet. Are you, are you sure you're reading that right? It's the competitors you wear, they're not the fans. Yep. <laughs> and smeared in olive oil, and then they wrestle. What's smeared in olive oil? They they are smeared. The the wrestlers. All are of them. Yep. With the trousers and all. I imagine it would get on the trousers pretty Probably, quickly. Probably, yeah. Uh, Sounds tasty. So a bit of history. Mm. It's first staged as far back as 1360. But wow. oil wrestling has been practiced for centuries in the Middle East. Yeah, that's old. 1360. Um, How do they even know? That's the Dark Ages, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Ottoman Empire. Wow. Dark but oily. So legend has it, two Ottoman soldiers bored during a campaign began wrestling each other. The sounds, Sultan, a right. little bit interested, yeah. offered... Uh, the winner, a pair of trousers, a new <laughs> pair of leather trousers. Did he? So, so keen were the combatants. They love their trousers, don't they? They do. They love their trousers. <laughs> <laughs> they fought throughout the night. <laughs> All night. And were found dead the next morning, their bodies still entwined. Both of them were dead? Yep. Why? <laughs> Exhaustion, apparently. But, what? One of them died and the other one went... Just carried on, did he? Until he died as well. <laughs> he still hadn't won. <laughs> Let me pin him. Let me pin him. <laughs> um, so those uh, soldiers were buried. Uh, and when the army... With their trousers though, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't know who won the trousers. Um, when the army next made camp, they staged a 40-man wrestling competition in their honour. And it has occurred uh, annually ever since. Uh, that's quite nice. And all 40 of them died, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Every year. <laughs> so was the first one done with oil on it? Uh, yes. Um, really? Oil was originally applied to soldiers' bodies as insect repellent. So they were oh, naturally covered in they, oil they anyway. Were, they, were just, they just happened to be oily. <laughs> yeah. So, so now, <laughs> now it's for fun. <laughs> well, it used to be <laughs> something they did for, for necessity <laughs> became their hobby. <laughs> well, that's how all sports started. That's true. Um, now the competition has 1,000 wrestlers taking part in a three-day competition in 12 height categories, not weight. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that. That's interesting. So is height an important part of the style of wrestling then is it to win uh you can either lift 
your opponent over your head mm. or pin him to the floor. So I don't think no, height, height is surely wouldn't matter. necessarily an advantage. No, surely weight would matter more. So if you're if you're short, you've got to make yourself real heavy. Yeah, yeah, and then you'll win. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's basically wrestling in a in a nutshell, isn't it? Make yourself heavier and you'll win. So as we've heard, lift him uh, over your head. Yeah, that's a fun way to win, isn't it? <laughs> so again, you want to be really heavy. So <laughs> yeah, so you can, no one can pick you up off the floor. <laughs> Um, as we've as we've heard uh, in the olden days, mm. uh, matches could go overnight <laughs> and people would die. Yeah. Uh, now they're time limited. Sounds like baseball. <laughs> <laughs> now they're time limited to forty five minutes plus fifteen minutes extra time. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then penalties. <laughs> uh, it doesn't say what happens after extra time. How? Wait, why do they have extra time? I, I don't know. <laughs> what, what happens to the time limit? <laughs> do they get points? Is, there, is it like a point system? Perhaps, and yeah. And if they're drawing, they get extra time. That doesn't, I don't understand I that. Don't, it, does, it didn't explain. <laughs> it, it didn't explain any further. That doesn't make sense. Just, just more time. I'm more and, intrigued. And, and then no more time. <laughs> and that that's it. And then what? <laughs> why bother having the extra? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Turkey. Uh, the overall champion in each height category mm. gets a gold belt, and if you win three years in a row, you get to keep it. Oh, the last time it's made out of gold, or it's just painted gold. Is it just someone's belt that they spray painted gold? I, I assume. Well, they love their leather, so it's Ooh, probably just a leather true. belt, leather belt with gold. a bit of gold on it. Mm. Yeah, mm. sounds tacky. Uh, this was last achieved in 1998 the by person, Amet Tassi. Person who won it three times in a row. Yeah. Oh, Amet Tassi. Good work. What if you change height category? Oh. What? <laughs> That's less likely than changing weight category, isn't it? It is less likely, but maybe... It's not impossible, What, what if they introduce a new category? Or uh, that's true. The, everybody's average height has gone up or down. And so the category So there's no change. one in the little category. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Then So many questions. Yeah. I'm going to write a letter. <laughs> Um, Try and get them on for an interview. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cleverly, they've mm. thought about this. When everybody's smeared in oil, they mm. use over a hundred barrels over the th- three days. A um, hundred barrels. They choose to t- for this competition to be during the hottest time of year oh, in July. Very good. So they all get a lovely tan. Mm, lovely. <laughs> That's what I'm going for. <laughs> so, if you fancy a lovely tan, mm. some new leather trousers, Ooh. and a bit of wrestling, Jawohl. I'd recommend Turkey in July. I'll see you there. Backseat Coaches presents WWE. Brackets S. Hey, Ben. Why is the Six Nations like having a monarchy? I don't know. Why is the Six Nations like having a monarchy? Because France are very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Historical uh, satire. <laughs> France did not do very well, did they? We haven't talked about the Six Nations since it started yet. We haven't. So, so we go from two weeks ago. Yeah, a start there. Very quick roundup. Yep. Uh, 
France chucked it away, didn't they? France F- were night. very un-French. Yeah, well, they did quite well to start with. And then incredibly French. Yeah. A couple of <laughs> a couple of incredibly French moments, weren't there? Yeah. The Uge dropping it on his own try line, giving away a try. And oh, Valmaina, what is he up to with that the mispass that is oh, intercepted yes. for the try in like the seventy eighth minute when they're ahead? <laughs> what is he doing? Oh that is the most French performance I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I can't remember the exact number, but I think only it was it was between Oh, it's it like three times mm. on the international stage has a team come back from 16-0 down. Yeah, it's very, very rare. <laughs> and it doesn't sound like that much, does it? But in rugby, in rugby, 16-0 is a big deficit at half-time to come back from. Ridiculous. And France, let them. <sighs> yeah, France has <laughs> went ahead and let them. And then, yeah, they, they don't look good. <laughs> the next game was probably the best of the weekend. Yeah, Ireland, England. Undoubtedly. Incredible game. Ireland, Ireland were just not allowed to play at all. England penned them in in their own half. They kept putting kicks up on uh, Keith Earls, just putting high balls on him, and Johnny May would just go and like take him out and like defeat him in the air every single time. They had to take Keith Earls off at half time. Yeah, it wasn't just oh we're going to play a kicking game. No. It was a very pointed yeah. kicking game. Very they, very they smart. They knew exactly where they picked they were going to put it on yeah they? yeah and owen farrell i think and owen farrell and eddie jones have to take a lot of the credit for it owen farrell's kicking game was excellent and henry slade as well actually at center he had he had a good game yeah. kicking and just he's a very good player actually i rate him very highly now didn't like him when he first came in because i didn't see where he fit into the yeah. team but the way they're playing at the moment it's so good and he is he fits in that strategy so well Big thing for England was having all their big runners back there, wasn't it? It was. Tuolangi, yes. Vunapola, Mako Vunapola had a great game. Yep. They had all these big, hard hitting runners that they just had been missing for how long? Quite a while. Vunapola's been out for a while, Billy. Yeah. Um, and Tuolangi's been out for years and years. So yeah. having those He's two come back, back into it very quickly. Yeah. And they actually didn't carry all that much. No. But the threat of them being there. Just gives them, it gives England such a dynamic. Yeah. Just, they've got so many options, basically. The defence have to stand off and it looks incredible. And you noticed in, uh, defence, the speed of England's line. That was the other thing. Yeah. They were so well drilled, weren't they? And they just did not give Ireland a single moment to sit on the ball or to try and spread passes out wide. They just sat on top of them and didn't give them a single chance, did they? So a very deserved win yeah. and looking very strong. Yep. And then, Scotland, Italy, sort of expected. I mean, that was that was a bit of a poor game. I watched that, and it wasn't it wasn't a great game. Scotland, for everything we're saying about them, mm. made it very difficult for themselves. They did, yeah. And Scotland actually haven't looked that good in the Six Nations so far, which no. is a bit of a shame. They just haven't they haven't quite clicked in the way that they had been doing recently. They did play well against Italy. To yeah, be fair, and they did. They did. I can't. What, what was the score? It at the was thirty-three twenty. Yeah, it, that was closer than it should have been. Yeah, they were thirty-three. I think it was thirty-three seven, and they, then Ireland, uh, Italy scored two tries late. Yeah, to bring it to back to a, a relatively good-looking scoreline for them, it shouldn't have been that close. Scotland were by far the better team in yeah. that game. Um, so looking then, at this last week, just yeah, gone. they they started this last week against Ireland, and they they. 
put in an okay performance. I haven't actually seen the highlights of this one. I'm only reading about this one. Um, but they lost 13, 20, or 22 13 to Ireland. Um, Ireland bouncing back, obviously, from the defeat against England. They were very physical in that game, were by they? all accounts. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was a, a different sort of game from Ireland, wasn't it? And Ireland don't look like the team that beat the All Blacks. No. Against the All Blacks, they made so few mistakes. In that, I guess it's just that one game, but they had been looking good yeah. in the lead up to that as well, and they just don't quite look at it in this Six Nations so far. And ring, um, they're missing Rob Carney, I think, at fullback is a big loss uh, yeah. for them. Sexton and Murray, neither of them are playing particularly well, and they're like when you scrum half and fly half aren't playing well. It's not going to be a recipe for success, I don't think. Um, Italy, Wales was the next game after that. Again, Wales made it difficult for themselves. They did, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, Wales haven't looked convincing so far, the Six Nations. They should have lost to France. In their, yeah. There's no doubt that they should have lost to France in that opening weekend. If France hadn't been French, they would have <laughs> lost that game. Um, and Italy put up a good fight, 26-15. Again, didn't, I haven't seen this one, but um, it was a good... It sounded like it was a good performance yeah. in the Italians, which is good to see as well. Um, but the Italians were routed by the Scots the week before. So the fact that Wales weren't defeating them soundly means that, they, they, well, it's England-Wales next. Yeah. That's the big game now. Uh, before the Six Nations, I said if if England, even if England beat Ireland, I didn't think they would win the Six Nations. I've completely flipped on that now. <laughs> I, honestly, England looks so strong. And Eddie Jones has got the tactics so right in the last two games that I can't see England losing now. They've only got Wales, really, is the only test they've got left. Yeah. Because I don't think... I mean, Scotland, they could lose to Scotland. It's possible, but Scotland and Italy, you would imagine England would beat. Uh, yeah, um, but Wales will be a big test. They can it turn it around. Yeah, they and Wales, they always quickly. they always turn it up for the England game. It's, it's in Cardiff as well. Yeah, it's going to be a huge game. But the way England are playing and they have lost a couple of people Otoje's out Mako Vinopola's out yeah, um, there's a couple they are a couple of big losses they don't seem they don't sound like much just losing two players but they are influential players and Mako has such a good game and it's it's so unusual to have a prop we, with so many carries and tackles and so we haven't mentioned the England-France no England-France yeah England-France was the last game of this weekend 44-8 a demolition Really wasn't it? Yeah, they they just saw what was wrong with France and just picked it apart. It was kind of hard to watch after <laughs> <laughs> in the first half. England scored three tries very quickly. And it was all over. Like, yep. It was boring the rest of the game. England just is so in control. Uh, such clever kicks. Yeah, such good kicks in my fine. Even uh, Ashton. Yeah, Chris with Ashton a kick. put the grubber in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think. Eddie Jones had had picked it. Uh, that's what I think, and uh, maybe maybe they've seen it on the field as well. But it was quite yeah. clear from early on that it was a tactic that they were employing to kick behind the French winger who was just standing up, and they didn't have a fullback because yeah. Uzo was playing, and he's a winger really. He's playing fullback. Yeah, it just didn't work for France at all, and England very quickly picked it, very quickly demolished France. And made very light work of them. They didn't yep. really have to play. They played at like 60% for the rest of the game because they didn't need to. They'd already gone 40 points in the lead. So 
that is scary. I think for England they look they look scary as a as a team now with with the runners that they've got and the kicking game that they've got. They seem to have a player in every position. England now they don't seem to have any weaknesses. I don't think possibly the back row of the forwards is where where they still yeah. possibly have a weakness. But they look quite good. The new the new seven and six they've got Wilson and. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but they're, they're playing well. They're, those those two guys, um, their uh, their discipline is so much better. Yes, that is a very noticeable, wasn't it? Uh, against Ireland in the first half, they they struggled a little bit with giving away too many penalties, and they they weren't punished for those penalties no. that they gave away. But against France, I don't well, I don't remember them giving away that many penalties at no. all. It was. A very unusual display from England. Very, very clinical. It's the first time I've seen England be clinical like that for quite a while. Um, even when they were good a while ago, like before they had the slump last year, they were winning games by bringing on players yes. off the bench, and they yeah. were they were not they were staying in games and then winning it with the closers. Whereas this was a these two both these two games were complete performances throughout the sixty the eighty minutes. Where they just they didn't switch off at all. Hopefully they can keep it together. It, it seems that way, doesn't it? I don't. I don't see anyone beating them. To be honest, I, I the Wales game will be the biggest one. But for me, I think I think England are hot, hot favourites now for the Grand Slam. Exciting. Yeah, nice, isn't it? <laughs> well, they've got a double Edelman. When he motions, somebody has to help. Peters is on him. Here's the pass. He got away from him, and Edelman slips to a tackle. All the way across the 40. Did you see the Maroon 5 concert that was on the TV a couple of weeks ago? Uh, I caught the first quarter. Did you? And yeah. And then it was it was on late. It was surrounded by some other stuff that was going on. I don't know what the other stuff was. But Adverts. Maroon 5 were very good. No, <laughs> no they weren't. <laughs> uh, it was the Super Bowl, wasn't it? They were surrounded by the Super Bowl. I watched the first half, pretty much. Uh, and I asleep. watched the first quarter. It was hard to stay up for. It's so It just goes on for so bloody long. And it's, uh, it's not it, even like when the plays go in. It I is really exciting. Enjoy it. Yeah, it is really, an enjoyable sport. really enjoy it when it's playing. And then they have quarter breaks and they have timeouts and they have every time they turn over possession, it take, they take a little break and have yep. 20 minutes sit down. Uh, just, I just couldn't stay awake. I was, literally fell asleep watching it. But what I did see, I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, the uh, the Patriots won. The Patriots did win. 13-3, was it? Yes, 13-3. Yes. And that was Tom Brady's sixth Super Bowl win. Uh, a record for him and mm. the Patriots. Yeah, very impressive. They were good from what I saw the first half. They were comfortably the better team the Rams could not get any offense going at all the the Patriots defense is really good yeah the the Rams kicked eight of their first uh they kicked their eight first drives yeah yeah they they were went one done quite a lot of the time didn't they they didn't even get a next first down yeah um which is interesting because the Rams are supposed to be the better defensive team. They were like the number one defensive team in the NFL last year, but the Patriots didn't seem to worry. I mean, Brady was Brady is so good. Uh, you can see how good Brady is, even not knowing that much yeah. about the sport. He had a bit. He had a poor first quarter. He threw his first he interception throw, all season. Yeah, he did. But it was in the Rams' like red zone, the last ten yeah. meters. So I guess if you're going to throw one anywhere. 
that's the place to throw it um, because the the Rams then just turned over <laughs> and they got to have another go. But yeah, he did he did throw a pick in that in that first that was their first drive I think wasn't it? It was the yeah. first drive of the match. But after that, they started making completion and completion. That Julian Edelman, he kept taking receipt. I think he got better as the game uh, went yes. on. He he's incredible and Gronkowski's really good as well. They, they're well, he's good. big. He's massive, yeah. <laughs> he's, apparently he's held together with tape. Yep. <laughs> Gronkowski. He's quite old for yeah, yeah. NFL. For a tight end especially. He's made of like splinters now. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> just broken. Um, so it's nice, uh, nice for him to win another yeah. Super Bowl because that possibly is his last. Um, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. I just wish I could have stayed awake for the rest of it. I just wish it wasn't so bloody long. <laughs> yeah, it was the lowest scoring. Yes. Ever. Americans hated it, didn't they? I they listened, did. I listened to a, an American podcast and they said it was the worst Super Bowl they've ever seen. And they said that at half time, which is what I watched. I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I don't think they appreciate, they like high scoring games they do, in don't America, they? don't yeah. they? Yeah. Everything is all high action, scoring. all yeah. action, high scoring. And yeah, it is exciting when big plays are made on offense. But I think it's just as exciting when big plays are made on defense. Yeah. There was I a sack so. in the first quarter, I think, where Brady got sacked. And it was so exciting. I loved it because it, it was like the defense had done what they needed to do. Yeah. They just fooled the, the Pats offense and got through and took down the quarterback. And that is, that was exciting. I found that really exciting. I find defense in general exciting. So maybe I'm weird like that. Maybe I'm just very British. You know? <laughs> we like, we like football. Whereas nil nil at half time and nil nil at full time as well. Oh, that, that was a very enjoyable nil nil. A lovely nil nil draw. <laughs> Same exact play again. Edelman over the middle. Second and three. Down the field. They go. So this week got a game. You it's, do. it's not inspired by sport for uh, once. Wait, what? It's, a, it's a sport game, but it was inspired by an article I read. Uh, well, I didn't even read the article; I just read the headline about <laughs> <laughs> about this Fox News guy who hadn't brushed his teeth in ten years. Is that what it was? Washed his hands. Washed Han- his hands. That's it. Yeah. Hands. He doesn't believe in cleanliness. He doesn't believe in germs. He's a he's a germ denier. He, <laughs> he doesn't get arrested it. for that. <laughs> yeah, he's put in prison in Austria. Um, he doesn't he doesn't believe that germs are a thing. Um, which I thought was a very strange fact. So I thought, why not come up with a strange quiz? And this is a game of Stranger Things. Johnny Hotbody, Olympic wins, the kangaroos, it's Stranger Things. This could be very difficult. So the idea was that they'd all be strange. And I went on a website called Strange But True... And I told you some of the strange but true questions that, or strange but true facts that they had on there, such as football games are 90 minutes long. Whoa, that's so weird. So strange. You blew my mind with the strangest <laughs> man. Um, I think they're Americans, so they didn't understand <laughs> what football was. So yeah. <laughs> they were like, people watch that for 90 minutes. I think that well, was what they were confused It normally takes by. us three hours. <laughs> so some of these are strange and some of them are not, but... Who cares? It's a quiz. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I wrote it today. Leave me alone. <laughs> I wrote it lunchtime. <laughs> Question one. When Oddbjörn Helmset, Helmset, something like that, missed out on the cross-country ski gold at the 2010 Winter Olympics, what did he blame it on? Was it A, having piles, B, watching too much pornography, 
or C, going blind mid-race? Oh, I feel like I should know this one. Mm. I do love a good Winter Olympics. You do. Oddbjorn Helmerset, you know him? Yeah. Yeah? Norwegian cross-country drink, cross skier. <laughs> um, Sounds like an interesting fellow. I like the name Odd. <laughs> I think yeah. that's a nice first name to have. <laughs> <laughs> He's somewhat self-fulfilling for Yeah, obviously. a little bit, yeah. I feel. I feel like he had to be like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, it's my name, so... <laughs> Hoodie goody. <laughs> <laughs> um so piles pawn or blind? Yes. Piles pawn or per per partially sighted. <laughs> uh it sounds like it could be all three. Could be. Well um, the middle one could lead to the fun one, couldn't exactly. it? <laughs> and the the first one as well. <laughs> Why not? Um oh, is it, this is just a Stab in the dark. Uh, stab I'm in the dark. Say... Like him skiing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say A. You think it's A, having piles? Yeah. The correct answer is B, watching too much pornography. What? He thought he'd watched too much pornography in the last 14 days. He never. He didn't go on to explain that comment what is too much <laughs> what 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 does that do to you like watching too much pornography what does it do makes his legs weak a bit raw i don't know <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. you wouldn't you wouldn't want it to be raw would you cross country skiing <laughs> the way their legs are moving oh, uh, chaffage. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> yeah so that was question one question two in pool or american pool which balls are heavier the stripes or the solids Oh, this is important to know. It is. I don't know what's better, but it's important to know. Yeah, I don't know. Which one would you want? Do you want them to be heavier? Maybe they spin more if they're heavier. Does it matter? They'd hold their line better if they're heavier, wouldn't they? Probably, yeah, probably. But if the table was slanted in any way, they would move more towards the slant if they're heavier yeah. as well. Which you wouldn't want. All good information. Mm. Listen up pool players of the world so which ones are heavier spots or stripes yeah um could it be to do with how much paint is on are they painted do you think or do you think they're just that color they're dyed uh, uh so you think they're like that color all the way through yeah like a piece of rock <laughs> <laughs> got them bright all the way through them <laughs> i think I, i'm gonna say they're painted yeah, probably. I, I feel like you might you might be trying to throw me off the. <laughs> so I'm going to say stripes. You think stripes? You would be right. The stripes <laughs> are the heavier ball by 0.1 gram. So not. Do, and do we know why? No idea. Again, this this website just gave me the facts. Doesn't give me, <laughs> and that is also a little bit disputed as well. But <laughs> it, it was on the website, so it's in the quiz. Of- the one spot we <laughs> measured and the one stripe we weighed. That we found on the street. <laughs> it was 0.1 gram later heavier, so put it in the quiz. Fact. Did you know football games are 90 minutes long? Did you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how, how trustworthy this website is, but who cares? It's fun. Question three. What does tennis pro Yvonne Gulagong... Yvonne Goolagong, yeah. Yvonne Goolagong's surname mean in Aboriginal Australian? Is it A, koala's bum, B, 
a kangaroo's nose, or C, a crab's shell. Hmm. I'm laughing to myself because I enjoyed saying bum. Ivan Gulagong. Oh, they love their funny names in Australia. They do. Wollongong. Wollongong. Wollamaloo. We've talked about Ululu. Yeah. Aboriginal language is very... It's got that sort of sound to it, isn't it? The Ulul. Yeah. Ulungong. It's fun to say. It is. It's very enjoyable to say. I feel like they have a good sense of humour as well. Mm, Probably. So... (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say koala's bum. You reckon it's a koala's bum? I wish it was. <laughs> if you are wrong, <laughs> it is a kangaroo's nose. Of course, it is. Obviously, the gula must be the kangaroo, I guess, and the gong is its nose. Do you uh, reckon? Yeah, gong if her nose. The yeah. gong. Yeah, I tried to do that in an Aboriginal accent. Didn't do a very good job of it. <laughs> I don't even know what an Aboriginal accent sounds like. So, no, it's not <laughs> like Australian, try. right? <laughs> um, question four. This isn't very strange, but anyway, which Olympic committee? has competed in the most Olympics, both winter and summer, without winning a medal. So they would be on the, they would be on the medal table as this they're not all countries is what is why I've said Olympic Committee. Oh. So is it A Monaco, B Andorra, or C Bosnia Herzegovina? Oh, I'm sure they've won one. What do you think? Yeah. You reckon they've won a medal. Yeah they they this these nations, or this nation, has not won a medal at all, either winter or summer. Andorra or Monaco, Andorra or Bosnia Herzegovina. Don't think Monaco would be on there, would they? Would they? I've not seen them, but that might be because they haven't won a medal. Mm. Yeah, Ooh. maybe you wouldn't see them because they weren't on the Olympic on the podium. You only yeah. see them in the heats. But I watched quite a lot of the heats of the Olympics as well. To be fair, I've not seen Monaco either. But you can, but it might be. I'm Sandora either. You, you could say they've competed in every single Olympics if the, they, if even they only sent one. Yeah, and they that person, person competed in. Yeah, that's some, true. In something that I don't watch, like equestrian, like synchronized swimming on their yeah. own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder why I'm not winning. <laughs> we haven't understood this sport yet. <laughs> I just haven't got enough people. Andorra's only yeah. in it. I'm going to say Andorra. You think Andorra? Yeah. You'd be wrong. Oh. It is Monaco. Oh. Monaco have been to 30 Olympics with both winter and summer put together. Never won a medal. Yeah. Andorra have been to 23 Olympics and never won a medal. They are third on the table. And Bosnia-Herzegovina are eighth on the table with 14 they oh. also have never won a medal at Olympics. Surely Monaco could have just paid for a medal. You'd think so, wouldn't you? They probably they probably do. It's like Russia. They, <laughs> they, they are Olympic champion on Monaco of soil. Monaco. On the few miles of Monaco soil that there is. <laughs> That'd be depressing, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, you're not doing so well so far. I'm not doing One well at all. Four. But you can bring it back. There's a true and false round later on. So yeah, don't worry. 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> so you should get some of them, right? <laughs> Question five. Who was the first ECW, which is Extreme Championship Wrestling, heavyweight world champion in 1992? Was it A, Johnny Hotbody? (laughs) Was it B, Terry Funk? Or was it C, Superfly Jimmy Snooker? 
Surely not Jimmy Snooker. Superfly Jimmy Snooker. They don't know what snooker is in America, do they? <laughs> it's actually spelt S-N-U-K-A. <laughs> but <laughs> that's just because he wanted to be like street street snooker. <laughs> street snooker. <laughs> There's billiards. <laughs> um, I'm ruling him out. Snooker's off the table, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come with that on the fly. That was good. Um, so between, is it Johnny Hotbody? It Johnny Hotbody or Terry Funk? I've, I think T-Funk. I've heard of Johnny Hotbody. Yeah, you reckon? Are you sure you're not just thinking of me? <laughs> That's why I call you to my friend. Yeah. I'm off to do the podcast with old Hotbody. <laughs> old Johnny Hotbody. Johnny Hotbody is a great name for if you like don't know what somebody's called. <laughs> it's called oh, it's Johnny yeah, Hotbody over Johnny there. Hotbody. <laughs> Somebody's showing off. Yeah. Oh, look at Johnny Hotbody. Johnny Hotbody. Like Johnny come lately. <laughs> Johnny Hot lately. Um. Yeah, I'm going to say old hot body. You reckon hot body? Yeah. You'd be wrong. <sighs> you discounted him. Superfly Jimmy Snooker. He was the <sighs> first the first heavyweight Jimmy champion. Jimmy Snooker. Jimmy Snooker. Johnny Hotbody was second. You were close. Oh. He took it off, Jimmy Snooker. And Terry Funk was the 10th ECW heavyweight champion. Terry Funk. Also known as the Black Baron, Chainsaw Charlie, Doctor Knows It All, and the Texan. Those are all names that he went by in different, like, wrestling things and promotions. <laughs> interesting, isn't it? It's interesting how they have different names, different aliases. Yeah. yeah I like that. Guess, so, Well, guess how many paychecks does he get there, then? <laughs> see? Yeah, make one out to, to Chop, Chop Saw Charlie. What is it? Chainsaw Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my own name. <laughs> and well, that's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> Chop, Chop Saw Charlie. <laughs> I have a new bank account, whatever. <laughs> Oh, you're not doing so well. One from five so far. But it's okay. True or false round. Okay. The rest of the the questions are all true or false. True or false. Sweden have participated in the most world ice hockey championships. Ooh, that Mm. could be true. Could be. It's a cold country. Mm. Do they like ice hockey in Sweden, though? They do. They hosted the world championships once. Did they? Because I saw it there. Ooh. Fancy like that. Yeah. Good story. I saw Sweden v Norway. Oh, that would have been a grudge match. Not very busy though. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we bought cheap seats and then at half time wandered down to the good seats. Oh, because no one was there. Uh, yeah. That's really interesting. I thought ice hockey was, well, ice hockey is big in Finland, isn't it? Yeah. Is it not big so much in I Norway? Think it is. But Just maybe, it's, maybe enough. Norway is the one that they it don't was, like. It's maybe it's because it was qualified. It was a, a heat match. Like it, yeah, it was a group match, right? But still, you'd think the people would turn out because that yeah. sounds like a grudge match to me. Yeah, I mean, Sweden, Finland's probably the more of the grudge match because the Finns hate everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Finland, Sweden, Finland, Netherlands, Finland, Finland. Russia. <laughs> Finland, Russia is a big grudge match. I reckon that yeah. would be full. <laughs> yeah, Finland, they don't like people. Um, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sweden, most. The most World Ice Hockey Championships ever. I'm going to say false. You think that's false? Yeah. You're wrong. It's true. <sighs> Sweden have been to 77. 77. Mm-hmm. Canada have only been to 72. And the US have been to 75. Yeah. I thought that would be the other way around. Um, hockey is huge in Canada, right? Yeah. Surprised that they've not. I thought Canada would have been the most. 
But, yeah, you've been thrown off by that. I have. True or false? The heaviest sumo ever was measured at 975 pounds, which is 442 kilograms. 442 kilograms? Yep. No way. You reckon? They're they're big sumos. Even regular sumos are big. That's like four times as big as a front row. As like a a prop. Yeah. Is it? They're they're like a... A hundred kilos. They're a hundred and a bit. What is that in stone? It's like 20 stone, is it? Yeah. It's a lot, isn't it? That's huge. Yeah. I'm like 60. 20 stone (laughs) is like 280 pounds, isn't it? Is it 14 pounds in a stone? Yeah. So, yeah. That is a lot, isn't it? <laughs> this person, yeah, it, the heaviest sumo ever, 975 pounds. That's a lot. It's like a lot of stone. I can't even <laughs> work it out. It's blown my mind. Um, 80 stone. Imagine how good you'd stone. be at sumo if you were 80 stone. No one would move you. How would you ever get out of the ring? Is, you'd be bigger al- than the ring. This sounds impossible, but maybe it has happened. Mm. Like maybe, maybe they just dressed a really fat person up as a sumo and just put him <laughs> You know you're a sumo, aren't you? <laughs> Not as if he, like, you can't train if you're that heavy, can you? Can't I don't move. Know. But sumos in general, I was reading about sumos, it's quite interesting actually. They, they are obviously very muscular underneath and they eat a lot of fatty foods and then go straight to sleep so that the fat stays on them so they don't metabolize it because when you're asleep you don't metabolize food yeah. so much. They do that on purpose to put fat over the muscle so that they're heavier and have a lower center, lower center of gravity, cushioning as well, I guess, yeah, to stop them getting like slapped. But yeah, they, they want that extra weight and it also, fat sits lower than muscle because I guess muscle's quite tight to your body, isn't it? Right. Whereas fat like hangs off you and gives you a lower center of gravity <laughs> so you're harder funny. to move. <laughs> so you had really chunky legs. Yeah. <laughs> Big ass. Give those chunky legs. <laughs> yeah. Um, it seems too big so I'm going to say true you think true? I don't think true but <laughs> it's it's a stupid quiz it is a stupid <laughs> answer so. uh, I'm going home <laughs> you might go home because it is true no it's false <laughs> wait what did you say? I said true you said true so you should go home it's false <laughs> um, that was John Bar- John Brower Minock which is the heaviest ever person. Oh, okay. He was 975 yeah. pounds. So he probably couldn't move. Very, very unlikely that he could get out of bed. I mean, what is, is it 500 pound man? Was that that TV show where he was like stuck in his house and he couldn't get out? I don't know. I think it was. I can't watch things like that. No, it's hard to watch, isn't it? The heaviest sumo was Yamama, Yamamoto Yama, Yamamoto Yama, Ryuta, he was 584 pounds, 280 or 265 kilograms. Still a lot, isn't it? It's a lot. He was but that's the, believable. Mm, he was the heaviest ever Japanese person. Mm. At six foot three as well. It's quite tall for a Japanese person, isn't it? Six three. Not very tall for a 200 kilogram person. No, though. <laughs> definitely not. No, <laughs> he was definitely wider than he was tall. <laughs> say that much. Okay, you've got three more. To regain a little bit of composure. You them all, right? Yeah, you've got to, you've got to pull in England here, the England <laughs> cricket, and pull it out of the bag when it doesn't matter. True or false? Baseball games contain only 10 minutes of actual action. Oh, surely that's true. You think that's true? Yeah. And 
what you define as action is very subjective because even a pitch is an action. <laughs> is it is or isn't? Isn't. <laughs> isn't. <laughs> it is action. It's moving. Barely. The ball's moving, isn't it? <laughs> we could say that about cricket then, couldn't you? <laughs> Nothing's action in cricket then. If you're... <laughs> I'm going to say true. You think true? Yeah. You're wrong. <laughs> it's false. It's 12 minutes. 18 minutes of three hours. Three hours baseball games go on for, <laughs> and only 18 minutes of them generally are things actually moving. Everything else is just people getting ready or <laughs> I don't know, looking looking in the mirror or something. I don't know. Doing, what are they doing for doing that time? Signals. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that was bad. You're doing bad. I you need to do bad. bad. <laughs> You're bad and you should feel bad. <laughs> okay, question nine. You can get this one. In 1930... True or false again? In 1936... Oh, sorry. In the 1936 Wimbledon final, Fred Perry beat a German Archduke. Hmm. 1936. Uh, Pre-war. Pre-Second World War. Tennis tennis feels like, has always felt like the pastime of... um, The aristocracy. Yeah. I don't know, is that what they're called do you think in Germany the aristocracy yeah. sounds German anyway so yeah why not <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah it's like a pastime probably not that many players mm. I could see that yeah I hope you always get up <laughs> <laughs> played in full uniform that's probably why he lost <laughs> Always an archduke's uniform, <laughs> like robes, big spiky hat, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> robes and tennis racket, <laughs> and tennis racket, yeah. <laughs> part of the ceremonial dress. <laughs> um, I want it to be true, so mm. I'm gonna say true. You're wrong. <laughs> mm. ah. It is false. He was a baron, not an archduke. It was Baron Gottfried von Cam. Got- Gottfried von Cram, like Steve Cram. <laughs> <laughs> Very good name, though, isn't it? Baron Gottfried von Cram. Very good. Okay, you got to get this one. last one. you got to get this one. Come on. True or false? Baseball pitcher Gaylord Perry <laughs> in 1963 said, they'll put a man on the moon before I hit a home run. And he turned out to be right. Is that true or false? Did they put a man on the moon before Gaylord Perry hit a home run. I've heard about this guy before. Ah. So it must have been something significant he did mm. and not just a funny name. I mean, he has got a very funny name. <laughs> Perry. <laughs> Perry. <laughs> That's like cider. <laughs> <laughs> so there must have been something. Gaylord cider. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say true. You think it's true? And you're right. Hooray! Yes. Celebrations. Put Horn, it the Honkers, horns going Halloween. off. <laughs> it is true. He hit his one and only home run on the 20th of July, 1969, but a few hours 
after yeah. Armstrong set foot on the moon. And made a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Gambling wasn't allowed in America at that point. So they wouldn't have known, would they? <laughs> Two out of ten, you certainly are a stranger thing. I see what you've done there. <laughs> Johnny Hotbody, Olympic wins, a kangaroo's nose, it's Stranger Things. Hello, it's Jason Holder here, and we love to beat the England at the cricket. It's Bob's impression of the week, just you and him. That's very good. It's all right. It's not that good, really. It's got, probably quite offensive, really. But <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. It gets banned for, for podcasts in a row. But uh, <laughs> uh, yes, cricket, England lost the series, didn't they? Lost the test series. They did. In the West Indies, quite convincingly, in the first two tests. But won the moral war. Yes, by being the good boys. And winning the last, and by winning the the dead rubber. We'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about the results first. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. First test. We, last time we spoke was midway through the first test when England were doing all right and had they they bowled out West Indies for about three hundred in the first innings. Went on to not do so well in the first innings, didn't they? They lost a load of wickets. Was that the last time we talked? Actually, thinking about it. Um. Oh, I don't know. Now. Did we speak after that? Who knows? Anyway, they lost the first test convincingly by yes. three hundred and eighty odd runs. Lost the second test by ten wickets. Yes. Barely, barely managed to get as many runs as the West Indians got in one innings in England's two innings. <laughs> they did not bat well in those two tests. So they, it was really the batting. If it's all, it, well, yeah, <laughs> they, they seemed like they just wanted to get it over with. Yeah. So, oh, I'm sick and tired of batting. Let me hit something. And they, but, like a lot of them. First ball hooks yeah, and sweeps. I mean, Maureen in a couple what? of those. Oh, just a few really, really poor decisions. Um, third test, though, brought it, put, put it together a little bit. They, play, they picked three specialist batsmen at the top of the order. Four, if you include... Well, obviously, you do include Root as the captain. Yep. So four specialist batsmen, top of the order. Five, I guess, because Josh Butler is in as a specialist batsman. At yeah. the moment, he's, he's not necessarily a specialist batsman, but he's playing as one. So they've they picked a proper batting lineup rather than having your wicketkeeper, who's Johnny Besto, really batting yeah. three. They they picked three specialist opening batsmen as the top three, and it seemed to work for them. Although none of them got huge scores, Denley did get a good score in the second innings, didn't he? In the third test, none of them got huge. Innings in the first inning, uh, first score, never there. None of them got huge scores in the first innings, but they did set a platform. They put some scores on, yeah, and they went out there for a, a, a longer time at least. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't get out first ball, did they? They were they were all there for a little bit, and it gave Joe Root a chance in the second yeah. innings. He got a chance to score a century in the first innings. It was Butler and Stokes who. Yeah. who batted well lower down the order and that that is kind of how test cricket can go isn't it your you top yes. order faces the new ball even if they don't score a lot of runs they take the shine off it and let your flamboyant players play down the order and that's that's how it worked in the final test bit of a shame for ben folks being dropped out of the team yeah. didn't do that much wrong did he no um, definitely good, not good wicket keeping by all accounts and didn't score 
tons of runs in this series, but hadn't. It wasn't really his job to be in to score a lot of runs. He's there as a specialist wicketkeeper, but if he's not scoring runs in this day and age, like you do need a wicketkeeper who scores runs in this in this modern yeah. age of Test cricket. It, yeah, it just it seems like somebody. They had to change something up, yeah. and he was a bit unfortunate. Yeah, he was, and I don't think he he won't be out forever. I don't think. I but, hope not. No, but it's a problem. It is a problem for him. Is the fact that he is a wicketkeeper, and England already have two wicketkeepers yeah. on the Test side, so it's going to be hard for him to get back in as a specialist wicketkeeper because they are a luxury in this modern Test age. Um, and the other big change was bringing Mark Wood in. Oh Sam my! Aaron, and didn't he do well? Didn't he do well? He bowled real fast, he did. Yeah, he's a quick boy, isn't he? 95 miles an hour, apparently, he was bowling in the first innings. Yeah. That's quick. It's exactly I mean, what they needed. That is as quick as anyone in world cricket. That 95 miles an hour. Even Mitchell Stark isn't bowling 95 miles an hour. That is very impressive pace. Just have to hope. He doesn't, he doesn't buckle. Needs an injury again, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he said he felt as good as he ever has. And he talks, he's always talked really well, Mark Wood. He's a really, yeah. really likeable guy. And he talked really well about how he felt and how he, he actually felt like he'd, he's changed his run up and he felt like he did, belonged in the England team for the first time before he was picked even. So it, it sounds like he's in a much better place yeah he's very well liked by the fans and oh, the yeah. players yeah he's funny as well that's the other big thing that i like about him is he's always joking around he's always like he, when he was 12th man he was coming on and like scaring keaton jennings when he was <laughs> feeling that short leg funny like, he's he's very likable he's just like root used to be before he was made captain yeah before <laughs> before he had all the weight of the world on him with joe root coming on to joe root he um, was in a bit of a, a pickle with Shannon Gabriel, wasn't he? Not himself. He wasn't the pickle. <laughs> Shannon Gabriel was the pickle. If, if anything, he, he was a, a he was cheese, a cheese on top of the yes. pickle. Damping down the pickle. <laughs> We've lost ourselves in this metaphor, I feel. <laughs> so Shannon Gabriel, we haven't heard, no one's heard what Shannon Gabriel said. Um, but it has been... Sort of suggested from Root to reply yeah. that it was naughty. It sounds like it was naughty, doesn't it? Does, it? Yeah. Yeah. Joe Root said, "Don't use it as an insult. There's no, there's nothing wrong with being gay." That's what yes, he said, isn't it? That, is it? that was the. So you heard that on the stump mics. You didn't hear what Gabriel said for him to say that to him. Um, from what I've heard uh, from Fazia Mohammed, who's uh, one of the West Indian commentators, yeah, uh, he said that the culture in the West Indies in general is a bit like that. There's still homophobia kind of used as everyday speech. Yeah. What is deemed as homophobic speech yeah, elsewhere in the world is not deemed that in the, so in the a West lot Indies. Of the sort of spectators from the West Indies mm. probably seeing this as what's the big fuss about. Yeah, <laughs> and feeling uh, penalised yeah. because they're West Indies. And the, there's... There's a little bit of that that victim mentality about the West Indies. There always there has been in in the recent times where they, they feel like their own administrations after out to get them. Yeah, ICC's out to get them, and and this is just going to be another thing that, that they're going to. 
pin, pin on that, but... It, <laughs> well, you have to learn sometime. Yes, and, and this <laughs> they, this is not one of those cases where they, they may or may not have been victimised. Their own, their own board has definitely victimised some of their players in the past, but this is not one of those cases, unless unless he didn't say anything. We don't, we don't he, know what he said. He uh, has accepted the charge. He has, yeah. And um, the umpires levied the charge against him, didn't they? Like, yeah, assumedly, so, they heard what he said. So if if they... If they've heard what he said and yeah. he knows that, then... Yeah. I mean, he's just got to take his medicine. And he has, yeah. hasn't he? He's not yeah. appealed it. And hopefully... I mean, you'd learn, don't you? This is, that's the way you learn, I suppose, is if, if that is okay in West Indian culture at the moment. Maybe they'll see... Hopefully it does. Why, or maybe they'll see that it's not... And maybe have a look yeah. why it's not. That's how things change, isn't it, I guess? But uh, this was... So this earned him three demerit. Yeah. points mm-hmm. to go on top of the five he already had so. yeah for shoulder barging people yep <laughs> <laughs> so he's not the nicest like apparently he's a very nice bloke though from everyone from what Unless everyone said cricket. apart from when he's on the field i mean he's a, he's a big fast bowler isn't he they're, yeah they're, they're a notoriously unfriendly bunch so he so eight demerit points within mm. a two-year period gets him a four game ban yeah four odi game ban yeah, yeah so he's He's missing the first four of the five against England. Yep. They were going to rest him. Yeah. Anyway. He had been taken out of the squad, but he'd been brought back up. But he'd been brought back up. I wonder injury. if they brought him back up knowing that he's, <laughs> knowing go- that he's probably going to be banned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's smart if it is. Yeah. A little bit cheeky, but smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was likely he wasn't going to play at least the first two anyway. Yeah. Because it is hard being a test fast bowler, so you can see why they would rest him. And their their one day side is very different anyway. The, the West Indies, yeah. so he may not have played anyway. But um, he's definitely not playing now. Nope. <laughs> Hit away, and what a way to do it in Caribbean style! Smashed away for six. What a win for a proud cricketing nation. They have outbatted, outbowled, outthought England. It has been some time coming, but the smiles have been brought back, and even the great man stands and applauds. A great cricketing nation has seen a great cricketing win. Hey Ben, which female tennis player really likes nuts? I don't know which female tennis player really likes nuts. Katie Bolt, uh, Katie Bolter. I don't can, get it. Can you hear the tumbleweeds? <laughs> I told you that was a bad one. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> it makes no sense. She likes nuts and bolts. What do you mean? <laughs> you make a joke out of it. This <laughs> other thing's a joke. <laughs> I'm going home. Um, Casey Bolter has been playing in the Fed Cup team, the GB Fed yep, Cup team the at the moment. Roger Federer Cup. Yep, that's right. The, <laughs> in the totally Fed Cup. Uh, <laughs> Uh, GB are doing alright aren't they um, as well as they've done for a long time yes well they've gotten to this stage five of the last eight years yeah and it's the first time they've had a home tie in the group well, is it the world group two playoffs it's, it's, yeah it's the world group two playoffs yeah and first time in 26 years that they've had a home tie and they've drawn a good draw have they um, is it Kazakhstan is yeah they're playing yeah they could have faced much tougher opponents yeah. I think um, so so, it, I don't know how the draw is structured is it random 
I know who's in it, but I don't know how I think they, it is. Yeah. It's just randomized. So they, they've come out with a good one of the other qualifiers. Yeah. Yeah, that works really well. Works well in England's favor, which is nice for a change. <laughs> Does, but this year, the way they got to this playoff mm. has seemed pretty emphatic. Yes. Yeah, they've been winning, winning well as well. Katie Bolter's won all four of her yeah. matches. She's doing, four from four. Doing really well. Her and Joe Conta have done really well. Um, who else is Katie Swan's in the team as well, I think, isn't she? She's she's doing well. She's playing the doubles, I think. Right. Um, and Heather Watson is also in the squad, but she's injured at the yeah, moment. Yeah, so she didn't play. So they're having to play the without her, possibly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, she's very experienced in the Fed Cup. Yeah. But would you would you play her now if she is fit? for this decisive game I don't think you could no, they've no. won they've won without her surely I don't know I don't know it's tough though because she is like the senior player of, yeah. of all of them but you've got to stick with a winning team haven't you I think so mm. um, stick with form yeah you have to stick with form yeah definitely so yeah they're playing Kazakhstan aren't they and yeah the Kazakh number one mm. is 43rd in the world so yeah. that's four below where Conta is. Yes, and Conta has been much higher than that as well, hasn't she? Yeah. Is it, is it Diaz? Is that who the... I'm not sure. Uh, it's either Diaz or Putin Saver. Well, I think, them, yeah. One of them is one two. way around. Yeah, they're, they're the two. I can't remember which way around they are. But yeah, neither of them have been higher, I don't think, than where they are now, whereas Conta has yeah. been top 10. Um. Uh, yeah, so the, the number two is mm. 13 places yeah. below... Katie, Katie Bolter. Bolter. Yeah. But four and 13 places is not a lot in tennis terms, I don't no, feel. It's, it's like not, no. At that sort of level, it switches. It, they change a lot, yeah. So Particularly it, the lower level where Bolter is. Yeah. Those, they, they move up and down the rankings a lot. You just only have to get through one more round at a slam and you're going miles yeah. up the rankings at that, at that stage. So, so they're going to be similar level. Yeah, they? very, uh, very well matched. Yeah. Yeah, but they're, they're in form, and that's the good thing. And it's in Britain, so they won't be playing on clay, which is apparently the Kazakhs are both clay yes. players. So, big, big chance for GB to be back in the World Group Two, World Group Two level for the first time in twenty six years. I think that's right, isn't it? Yeah. Good luck, good luck, girls. Hopefully, they can uh, go on and, and do well. It's nice to see women's tennis in Britain actually coming back to the fore. And the other thing is, Laura Robson is back playing for yes. the first time so another good a good news she's story back for from Britain. hip surgery yeah she's been out for eight months and even before that she was out yeah she was in and out a lot so hopefully she can have a bit of a, a spell back in the game yeah it's, she, she's still only 25 yeah so, she's young isn't she? Yeah. she she came up very very young um so she's got a lot of time still to come back and and do good things she's 511th in the world at the moment which is not great but so the only way is up really exactly i mean there's not many below her. It's me and uh, a dog and that's it <laughs> team, of the week. team of the week this week is britain's susanna gill yeah we're doing this more and more now aren't we what, picking, team picking of the week? people as team of the week <laughs> Well, so- sometimes teams aren't all that good. No, that's true. <laughs> sometimes people are better than teams. So, yeah. I mean, people like her, they don't do it on their own, do they? They've got a team of people around them helping them to do things. I imagine so, yeah. Yeah, she won't have done what, what she's done in, in Maybe we should own. change the title. Peoples of the Week. 
And so then it can apply to a single people. <laughs> <laughs> or a people like the Croats or <laughs> the Kazakhs. This week, the whole of Kazakhstan. <laughs> Why not? Um, so, team of the week this yeah. week. Susanna Gill, who won the World Marathon Challenge. Yes. What's that, I hear you ask? I, I do. I should have asked you that. <laughs> um, What's it, that, Ben? It <laughs> is like a kids presenter <laughs> through the round window. <laughs> um, it's a marathon challenge mm-hmm. whereby you compete in seven marathons in seven days on seven different continents. Which is crazy, isn't it? Yep, and she won it. And I mean, that's all the continents that there are, isn't it? Yeah. Good work. <laughs> <laughs> Even to get to all seven continents in seven days it's pretty impressive isn't it oh if anything team of the week should go to the logistics yeah team that's, what, that's what i'm lording yeah <laughs> but she did do it in a world record time yeah. of 24 hours 19 minutes and nine seconds very impressive isn't it for seven marathons yeah consecutive marathons um she came second in the first race mm-hmm. in antarctica oh yeah i mean if you're going to start somewhere May as well start in the coldest one. Yes. And then won the six subsequent races. She won every one, did she? Which were in Cape Town, Perth, Dubai, Madrid, Santiago, Miami. So from Antarctica... Madrid to Santiago. That's a long long flight, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. Um, And so between Antarctica and Perth, Mm. it's a 70 degree change yeah. in temperature that's crazy so it's go, summer isn't it at the moment yeah in Australia? you go antarctica it's minus 35 oh jesus and then to cape town which is i don't know plus probably high 20s yeah and then yeah, to Perth, which is well, plus 35 that is ridiculous it's crazy yeah i mean in antarctica how did she do a marathon in antarctica uh, quite well <laughs> well yeah apparently so three hours 53 was she like wrapped up in she must have like had yeah. big, big coats on and stuff, hadn't she? Uh, not big coats. No. But like more than you'd wear running in England, yeah. probably. But it wouldn't you freeze? Wouldn't you get hypothermia if you weren't? Minus 35. Yeah, I mean, that's very, very it cold. cold. <laughs> um, I can't even contemplate how cold that is. It that's like it's... minus one here and I'm like, bring a cup of tea and <laughs> I'll go outside. <laughs> Hibernating. Yeah. Um... That was her slowest mm-hmm. at three hours fifty three, which is five minutes faster than the fastest marathon I've ever run. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and she was doing it in a parker. So yeah, um, Madrid was her fastest. Mm. That's interesting. Uh, I guess that probably would have been the most temperate. Yeah. of all of them. Interestingly, sort of quite excitingly, mm. fewer than two hundred people have ever completed this challenge. Wow! The first being Sir Ranulph Fiennes. In 2003. Oh. When he was, like, in his 70s. <laughs> no way. He was old when he did it. That's amazing. Yeah. He was that sort of guy, wasn't he? He was lines. awesome. Yeah. He was so cool. He loved doing things like that. Um, she said uh, the best part about it was sort of like supporting each other, supporting every runner, mm. and making sure everyone gets home and gets their medal, which is what it's all about, which Aww. is quite cool. Yeah, that's nice. Um she said at one point you're on the plane so often your only time reference 
was what type of food you're being served. <laughs> yeah. Imagine the jet lag she's going to have when she comes home. <laughs> yeah. You're just going to be like, where am I? Antarctica again? <laughs> it feels like it outside. Um, <laughs> be- be- best go for a run. <laughs> <laughs> Team of the week. A funny story this week yeah, you- comes from France. As they all do. (laughs) It is very French. (laughs) Um, The French rugby club, US Carcassonne. Carcassonne, like the card game. US Carcassonne, I guess. Ooh, very good. um, Are to be sponsored for their next match Mm. by a porn website, Jackie and Michelle. Yeah, doesn't sound like a porn website, does it? Not one I know. You could easily stumble across that, I reckon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my aunties are called Jackie and Michelle. <laughs> I'm going to check them out on the internet. I guess you could probably stumble across a porn website if you type in anything into the internet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> One letter wrong, you're in trouble. <laughs> so, uh, they are currently ninth in Division 2. And yeah. they said it is an attempt to improve our visibility and our digital notoriety. Mm. Provoke enthusiasm and some fallout. I see. <laughs> They've certainly done that. So, when they say fallout, what do they mean? I mean, are they, are they not translating that right? Is that <laughs> like, um, bad, pus- like pablo- bad publicity bad is pablo. good publicity, I Yeah, guess. all publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, fallout in a bad sense from being sponsored by a porn company. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but... Their objective has clearly been achieved. Um, Mm. They've seen an increase in demand at the box office for this match. Yeah. The announcement has been picked up by media outlets in the US, New Zealand, and even Chile. Why? Why have people in Chile picked it up? Love that website. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, my favorite. (laughs) He's being sponsored. The French man living in Chile. <laughs> that was my generic accent. That was a Chile man. Pan global accent. Uh, yeah, I pretty much have one of those. <laughs> that, that's your new name, Pan Global. Pan Globals. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm going to be sponsored by next week. Um, global Pans. Players will wear the Jackie and Michelle logo on mm. training kits, and there will be other promotions around the ground. I see. They have not said what they'll no. be. Well, they wouldn't, would they? They're wanting to go to the ground and find out. They've said they they will be family friendly uh, and no untoward images. Ooh, I see. That that was what I was going to go for. I thought it was going <laughs> to be toward images. <laughs> <laughs> I only go toward images. <laughs> have a great week. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone, and sticking through to the end. I'm sure there's many of you still left at this point. Sounds like thanks for persevering. (laughs) Thanks for for sticking with us on this one, guys. It is a hard one. I know it was a hard slog. (laughs) Um, But if for whatever reason you enjoyed it, and I don't know why you would, but you can find more episodes at backseatcoaches.co.uk. 
And follow us on Facebook for all the latest news and episodes. That's right. You can follow us on Twitter at Backseat Coaches. That's for all sorts of fun stuff on there. And if you're tech savvy and you have the iTunes. The iTunes. If you're an (laughs) Apple slave, that's what I mean. Uh, please leave us a five-star review. Yes, please. And the more you can do, the better. If you can tell someone as well that about the episode and like, don't tell them the bad bits. Just tell them the good bits, okay? And that's not even going to take you very long. <laughs> <laughs> it's five seconds out of your day. Come on. <laughs> <laughs>